Hello, and welcome to the Truth and Grace podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Rust, and I want to thank you for joining me today. On Truth and Grace, we tackle tough topics in the Christian church, and we do it by strengthening believers through God's word and pointing to his abundant grace. I don't sugarcoat it over here, but I do hope to wrestle with the messy in grace. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I want to ask for your help. If you enjoy this show, would you mind subscribing and leaving a review? By doing both, you greatly help this show in its visibility and just getting it out there to more people. So please consider helping with a subscribe and a review. In addition, consider becoming a Patreon supporter and help sustain this ministry through a monthly gift. You can learn more about that in my show notes. Now, today I want to talk about rest. Oh, we are burnt out, aren't we? I don't know about you, but I've just, the older I get, the more tired I feel, the more I feel like I have to do family and job and church and friendships and hobbies and all the things involved. And a couple months ago, I was just feeling exhausted before COVID hit. And um, now one of the things that COVID has done, I think for a lot of us, is kind of slow things down for us. And Hopefully you've been able to prioritize a little bit better, maybe structure your time differently and get a little bit more rest. But there's a difference between just rest and creating some margin for that practically and physically. But there's also a rest that comes, it's a soul rest, and it comes from Jesus. And we're going to talk about that kind of rest today because the other is a temporary rest. You can eliminate some things out of your life and maybe find a little margin to rest a little bit more, but there's a soul rest that carries you through even the most exhausting times. And I was just feeling that way. And so I turned to Matthew 11 verses 28 through 30. And this is a key verse that we hear on rest. And so if you're weary and you're tired and you're burdened, I want you to listen closely. And because I believe that God has a stirring for your heart today, Matthew 11, 28 verses um, 28 through 30. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take up my yoke and learn from me because I am lowly and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, when I think about just being exhausted, I actually go back to my high school days. I grew up as a dancer. And in high school, I was on the dance team all four years of high school. I loved it. It was my favorite thing about high school. And so we would do all kinds of dances. Hang on, guys. This is brief. This is a brief story. But we do like, you know, hip hop and jazz and, you know, all these different types of dancings. And I loved them all except for one. I hated kick routines. Oh, my word. They were just so exhausting. and. When I, you would have to go through a practice where for hours you just kicked, well, let me tell you, that was brutal. I mean, you had to have 100% posture. You couldn't slouch and you were kicking up to your nose over and over again, hundreds of times for a few hours. And I would just remember at the end of a practice collapsing because I was so tired. And I feel like I've sort of been kicking ever since. Do you, do you maybe you know where I'm coming from where... You know, I became a Christian and that changed my life for the better, but things got harder almost because now I had this target on my back. And, you know, I, not long after high school, went on into full-time ministry and I just took a lot on. I was um, 
work. I was, I was literally at the church probably, you know, 60 hours a week. People used to joke that I needed a bed at the church. And I remember saying yes to everything because I was this eager, you know, millennial wanting to make a difference and serve my church. And, um, I remember they asked me to lead a women's Bible study and I was so excited. Um, and I said, yes, because I'm like, oh, this is a great opportunity. But I remember after the first Bible study, I had nothing to give. Like I couldn't even study for it, let alone lead it. And I remember having to say no and how crushing that was for me because I had said no. And so um, this that kind of started a little bit of journey for me on learning boundaries. But I mean, you know, full-time ministry and then I get married and then I become a mom and, you know, kids leave you exhausted. And then the last two years have just been a constant valley for me. The two hardest years of my life. I, I am not out of it yet. It's this constant, just, I feel like being beat down and I'm tired and I'm burdened and I'm not looking for a free therapy session. I know I'm venting a little bit, but I just want to let you know that like, I know what it's like to feel tired. And I feel like the older I get, the more there just is to do. And so I keep kicking, right? And I just want to tell you like life. Yes, it gets harder and harder, but we can find rest in the midst of the seasons that are exhausting and busy and you have a full to-do list and you're juggling all the plates. And so when I was feeling this way a couple months ago and I came across this verse, um, God really spoke to me and it wasn't just basic rest, you know, like you just check out and you watch Netflix. No, this was about a soul deep rest. And God showed me that there was this key to rest that I had never seen before. And I want to share that key to rest with you today because I believe that it will truly change how you see rest. And the key to rest is surrender and humility. But before we go forward, right, let's go back and ask what's going on here in this passage. Because as I say often, context is key. All right. So in Matthew, in um, Matthew, we're looking at Matthew, and then it talks about in verses 20 through 24, Jesus is criticizing the unbelieving cities here. He's essentially um, calling out people who you would think about the Pharisees, people who should be um, believers, but they're actually um, not believing in Jesus. And he's criticizing the unbelievers. And then in verses 25 through 27, he shifts it and he starts thanking God for the believing disciples. So he's making this contrast between the believing disciples and the unbelieving Pharisees. So there's this discrepancy and there's this distinction that he is drawing between the Pharisees and the disciples. He's drawing a distinction between a way of life. And I want you to see that, that before we go into the key to rest, there's a, a foundation of a way of life. And that's a life of unbelief versus belief. And so before you even go to a place where you want rest, you have to settle in you. Are you a believer or are you an unbeliever? And I just mean like, where is your heart with Jesus? Do you believe in him? Do you believe that he can give you rest? Do you believe that he is for you? Do you believe that he wants to give that to you? And so, you know, there's this distinction he's drawing between unbelief and belief as a way of life. And that plays into the beginning of verse 28 when he says, come, come, come was an invite. It was a beautiful call from Jesus. You know, in that time, while the Pharisees lived in unbelief and 
used a do call to people, right? There was all these do's you had to do. And so they were constantly essentially barking out like, this is what you have to do to the people. In contrast, Jesus valued belief and invites people into an intimate call. So it's not about a to-do list. It's not about checking off all the things. It's about a relationship and it's this intimate call. And so really what we see going into this passage is that belief is foundational. People who don't find, people who don't believe won't find rest. And I know that's really hard because there's people and you, maybe you don't know Jesus, you know, you can't find that soul deep rest until you first believe in Jesus because he is the source of the rest. And so if you don't believe in him, you're not going to find that. So there's this way of life, this foundation that must be there to find rest. And then Jesus invites us to trust in him versus, you know, giving this command to fall in line, which was what essentially the Pharisees were doing. So it's this distinction, right, of relationship for those who would believe. And he says, come, all who are weary and burdened. This is for people who are in their weariness, you know, who are laboring without relief, who are tired, who are weary. I know how it feels, right? I know what it feels like to be at the end of your rope. You know, sometimes when we think about being just at the wits end, we think about hanging on to the end of that rope and we not, we are not sure we can hold on much longer. Or, you know, oftentimes where my mind goes, where I'm feeling overwhelmed is I feel like I'm in the middle of the ocean and the waves are crashing all around me. And I'm just, you know, I'm paddling with all that I am trying to stay above the water, but I feel like I don't have much in me anymore to keep wading the water. I feel like I'm going to drown. Do you know what I'm saying? You know what it feels like to be at the end of your rope, to be wading in the water and feeling like you can't keep your head above water much long. You know, exhaustion, it's exhaustion is, is hard. You know, when you are tired, when you're at the end of your rope and you're wading in the water, exhaustion makes it hard for you to show up in life right? It's hard for you to show up for your family um, because you're exhausted. You you maybe don't do well at work because you've got too much on your plate. You um, aren't pursuing your passion because you're just trying to do the things that you have to do. So you don't have time to do the things you want to do. And when you're exhausted, that makes it really easy to fall into temptation, my friend. I wrote about this in my first book, Untouchable. I wanted, looking back, before my moral failure, I look back and I see how exhausted I was. And so I wasn't really in a place where I was guarding myself from the enemy's temptations. I wasn't, I was just trying to keep all the balls in the air and I didn't have really much energy to even see what wasn't coming or what was coming. All this day is that exhaustion is a very dangerous place to live and the enemy loves it because it gives them a foothold into your life. And so if you're feeling like you're at the end of your rope, like you're wading in the water, that you're exhausted and tired and burdened and weary, I want you to listen closely because exhaustion is a dangerous place to live from. And so it's really important that you learn where to find that rest. You know, I talk about being at the end of your rope and wading in the water. When I, when I picture weary and burden, <clears throat> I actually sort of picture someone carrying this giant boulder, right? When you think of being burdened, I, I get this mental picture of someone carrying this giant boulder on their back, right? And they're just trudging up this hill one step at a time. And 
it's it's exhausting. They don't know if they can make it up the hill, right? They're breaking under the pressure. Someone who's burdened, they're, they're taking on too much. They're doing it on their own. They're doing it in their own strength. And that was me for a long time, taking on too much, saying yes to everything. Maybe this is you. Maybe you have a hard time saying no at work. Or, you know, maybe you're trying to juggle all the things in your own strength and doing it on your own. You don't like to ask for help. I get that. But it's time to surrender the burden. It's time to surrender the to-do list and the expectations. Because if you want to find rest, you're going to have to start with belief. But then you're going to also have to surrender. That's what it means when Jesus says, take up my yoke. To take is to surrender to Christ. I, I know to take seems like you're taking something on, but it really means to let something go. You know, in biblical times, under a yoke meant to be a subject. First Timothy 6, one says, let all who are under a yoke as bond servants. So to be under a yoke is to be an, as a servant, to be subject to. So submission is, you know, we're talking about surrender and submission. And essentially what that just means is submission is to obey the gospel and yield to the Lord. So it's this really... What you get is this exchange by taking on his yoke, you release the burden, which is so contrary, right? You know, when I think of taking, when I used to read that verse, take up my yoke, I used to think, why am I being asked to take on one more thing to find rest? That's impossible. I can't take on one more thing. But when I studied this, I learned to take his yoke really is to let go. So you're taking on his yoke, but you're releasing the burden to him. It's an exchange. And so it starts with surrendering it, taking on his yoke and surrendering the to-do list and the burdens and the, the need to control and all the things to him. And then Jesus goes on to say, learn from me, learn from me. And we know that Jesus modeled so many things, right, in the Bible. He taught us so many things throughout scripture. And he modeled humility, right? That was one of the things that he modeled so perfectly and beautifully was humility. And that was to surrender the will of the Father. If there's one of the most important things I learned from Jesus in the New Testament is that he constantly surrendered to the will of the Father. He was God. He could have done anything he wanted, but he recognized that he needed to surrender and submit to the will of the Father. And that's that's what he modeled for us, right, is to surrender. And he says, learn from me. So again, there's so much we can learn from Jesus in the Bible. But he says, learn from me because it's this connecting word that's really important. The ESV says for, right? Learn from me for. So this connecting word, it's really important. And this is what Jesus says, I want you to specifically learn from me. He says, I want you to learn to be lowly and humble in heart. Lowly and humble in heart. That's what Jesus wants us to learn from him in order to find rest. Now, lonely, we find this in Matthew 5, 5. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And what he's talking about is that person that's gentle, right? Gentle in spirit. It's this surrender where you don't feel like you need the control and you don't have it all figured out and you're not trying to master all the things, but you just, you're lowly and gentle in heart. And then humble in heart 
We see this in Luke 18, verse 14. I tell you this, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. And so there's this really important principle about not promoting yourself and exalting yourself, but instead humbling yourself and then Jesus will exalt you. And so he's saying, you want to take on my yoke, right? Surrender to me and then learn from me, learn that I'm lowly and humble in heart. And then, right? And then you will find rest. So again, another connecting word that it, it all ties together. It's all connected. You know, learn from me because I am lowly and humble in the heart. And then you will find rest. So, you know, we see how important surrender is a key. Humility is this is the other piece to the puzzle. Humility is the key to rest. Um, so what let's take a look at that a little bit more. Let's dive down because I think there's some preconceived notions of what maybe humility means. Some people think, oh, humility is to just put myself down. I'm going to sort of, you know, hide myself. I'm not going to be flashy. And that's not really what humility is because you're still thinking about yourself. What I think is just the most perfect um, definition of humility. And he says, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less often. And so when we look at humility, it's not putting yourself down or minimizing yourself. It's just not thinking about yourself, period, right? You're thinking about God and you're thinking about others and you are not in that equation. And um, so we have to start with that definition that humility is the key to rest. And really humility is just keeping our eyes on Jesus and considering others along the way. And the thing is, is the opposite of humility, right, is pride. And pride makes us so unlike Christ, so unlike Christ. And I get this because pride has been one of the things I've struggled with and more of the sense of just what about me? Because I grew up in a big family. I was the oldest and the only girl. I was always taking care of my brothers or I was working in our family restaurant. And so there wasn't a lot of time for me or what I wanted to do. And so I kind of grew up with this what about me mentality. And I've really had to fight pride. And I've learned that, you know, pride is such a dangerous path to walk. And it makes us so unlike Christ. I'm just going to, you know, list a couple of verses and I'll put them in the show notes. Proverbs 8.13. I hate pride and arrogance. I hate pride and arrogance. That's God talking. And then Proverbs 16 verse 5. The Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this. They will not go unpunished. So we see that he hates pride. He detests the proud. And then Proverbs 26, 12. Do you see a person wise in their own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for them. And Jesus, I mean, God is saying here that there is more hope for a fool than a person who walks in pride. That's, that's a strong, strong, just, those are some strong words regarding pride. And so really it, it, we have to shift our mindset from thinking about ourselves so often. And I'm not talking about like self-care, like you need to take care of yourself, obviously. But what I'm talking about is like your life lived isn't for self, but it's for God and for other people. So I'm constantly, when I find myself thinking about me, I try to shift my mind and think, okay, I'm going to think about God and his promises and I'm going to think about him first and meditate on scripture. And then I'm going to think about others in this situation, right? 
And so we sort of kind of coming to the end of this passage, what starts as an invite, right, to come ends with a gift. When you step into submission, you find rest. You, you, it's this invitation to submit and to walk in humility. And then it's this gift that ends in rest. And he says, for my yoke, right? So we're, we're coming to yoke again. The first time he was talking about take up my yoke, but this is actually a different reference. He then says, for my yoke, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And what he's saying here is the, the yoke Jesus is talking about here is his teaching. He's talking about my yoke is my teaching. My teaching will hold you together. Now, when you stay in God's word, it will aid you in laying down yourself, right? It's it's fighting that pride and surrendering and humility. So it all starts with being in his word. Like John said um, in John chapter three, um, I must decrease so he can increase. I must decrease so he can increase. And so we have to take on his teaching, which is easy. And that word easy means well-fitting. It's just what you need. Well-fitting, just what you need. And so this is really important because his teaching is exactly what you need. Warren Wearsby writes, he has just the yoke that is tailor-made for our lives and needs. He's saying that God has in his word what you need. God has in his word exactly what you need for this season. When he's saying my yoke is easy, he's saying my teaching, I have exactly what you need in my word, in my teaching for this very specific moment in teaching. And the beautiful thing is, is that it's, it's endless. It will never run out. The word is the living water. Like Jesus is not some source that dries up like it's this endless source that we can pull from and i want you to think about that that jesus has custom made an ease just for you just for you tailor made for your weariness and your exhaustion and it's easy and it's gracious essentially what he's saying is that my word fits you god's word fits you for the season that you're in And so in summary, you know, we talk about that foundation being belief, but the two keys to rest are surrender and humility. Surrender being, you know, walking in obedience, leaning on him instead of yourself and renouncing what is opposite of him. It's surrendering to him and his word and his teaching. And then humility. Humility is, you know, will tell you I can do this on my own. But Jesus says, I don't want you to do this on your own. I want you to do this in me. I want to do it with you. Let's do this together. Right? When he when we are weak, he is strong. And so really it's what's so powerful and life-changing is when we learn to embrace our weaknesses so that God's strength can be made perfect and that he gets all the glory. And a lot of that also too starts with repentance. When I think about humility, I think about the importance of repentance and how we must be quick to repent of our sins. And I mean, every morning I go through every thought, word, and deed that was of the sinful nature the day before. And even before that, when I know that I've sinned, even in my mind, like repenting from that saying, God, I'm so sorry, please forgive me for, you know, da, 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 da. And so like, you have to be a person who learns, if you want to walk in humility, you have to be a person that learns to walk with a repentant heart. And that's just being quick 
to turn away from your sins and asking God to forgive you and turning away from that. And so in closing, I just want to ask you, are you tired? Are you weary? Are you burdened? Are you trying to do all of the things in your own strength? I want you to, to lean into these verses and lean into the surrender and the humility. And honestly, I want you to start praising now. Like even though you're tired and maybe you don't see a light at the end of the tunnel, maybe you don't see the, the hand extending itself to you in the midst of the storm. Like maybe you're still in the middle of it. I want you to know that I want that praise in the storm is key. So even when you're feeling tired, and you're feeling drained, and you don't have much to give, muster everything that you have to start praising God in your storm, because that's the mark of a mature believer, someone who will pull from those, whatever they have left to give praise to God, knowing that God will come through, that God is with them, that God will deliver, that there is an ending to this storm, that there's a light. And so even when you don't feel like it, just start praising him. So recounting what you know about him, about his promises and his character in the word of God and start praising him and giving thanks and worshiping him where you're at right now today. And then just start leaning into these verses and walking in, you know, humility and surrender. And I just want to leave that with you today. Again, I think rest is really necessary and we're not talking about the Netflix where you zone out kind of rest, but a soul deep rest. And that's my prayer for you today is that you'll lean into that and find that soul deep rest in Jesus. Thank you for joining me today. If this podcast is ministering to you or you think others might find it interesting, please subscribe and leave a review. A review helps this podcast grow, which helps to get the word out to people besides you. You can also become a regular contributor to the show and Truth and Grace Ministries through Patreon. And you can find a link to my page in the show notes. Tune in again next month as we tackle tough topics in truth and grace. In the meantime, you can find more information about me, read weekly devotionals, and find out what I'm doing around the web at www.brittanyrest.com. I'll see you next time.